In the early 2000s, a global climate crisis emerged from humankind's disregard for the Earth and its natural systems. Scientists warned of an apocalypse the likes of which could eradicate human existence. The blaming began, with the leaders of many powerful nations pointing fingers at each other. Eventually, war erupted, and deadly nuclear salvos fired from the biggest superpowers ravaged much of the Earth, destroying and irradiating large portions of its surface. Certain major cities survived, and from the ashes rose again. The survivors did what they could, utilizing the resources of a few very wealthy corporations to combat the climate crisis. For almost a century, civilization has survived, hobbled together with corporate governance and expanded to the few sections of the globe still viable for sustaining human life. Antarctica, once an inhospitable frozen tundra, has become one such bastion for human life. Colonized by a Scottish arms corporation called Militech, Pilatus Antarctica is a thriving metropolis of the future. Last time on Roll Warriors, the associates need guidance on the heist from Sahara Security Chief Mrs. Blue. They talk strategy and get some useful information, including a building schematic for the casino. Saul is still reeling from his harrowing dreams and begins to see the golden-eyed lady during the day as well. Abel makes plans with Dr. White to get a drone installed into her head. So, Saul... You have decided to look into uh, skeleton, whatever that might mean. Um, they are not like they're a they're a gang turned terrorist organization. From like all you know right now, so it stands to reason they're not going to be just like hanging out in a bar somewhere. Um, they have significant prices on their heads. Um, so yeah, you'll have to you'll have to do a little bit more digging than you would otherwise okay so i think <clears throat> i think what saul would start off with is like um he since he did grow up with his grandparents and they kind of had a very old modem that was able to jack into the worldwide internet like the the real sketchy shit um he's been able to access that from a young age but he has never gone on like how Swiftingia is like fully jacked in yeah you're not a net runner so you don't have the interface capabilities to create an avatar and peruse the net like a virtual space you can more just like access it as somebody watching like a screen okay so would you consider that safer <laughs> or just as dangerous well um it's not safer for your 
technology, like it's safer for you physically because you know you're not exposing your direct brain to uh, hacks or like frying. Uh, you know that you need like you need to access from like an anonymous IP so that you don't have like hacks coming back at you and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think another thing Saul might do is he might just stop down at the local technology bodega and um, buy like a cheap laptop that like a cheap burner laptop that would just be okay to get destroyed by hacks and completely loaded up with viruses. Okay, it's the 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 name of the store is Radio Shack 2.0. All right, they rebooted it. Rad Shack. So like, I head down to the Rad Shack and I'm like, Hey, yo, dude, like, uh, how much is like a really cheap like laptop that you know is just? I'm willing to let that thing like burn and crash, and, you know, get it full of all the porn viruses. But how much is that one? He kind of looks. He kind of looks at you uh, over the table. His his like circular spectacles glint. A little bit and he's like well it depends on what you're using it for see you seem like the kind of guy you come in here asking for a burner laptop i think i know what you need and he takes you into the back where the good shit is <laughs> and he just like hands you a laptop off of a stack of maybe a hundred um and he's just like... Does each one have, like, a hentai sticker and some weird, like, anime shit on it? They look recycled. Like, just kind of all sorts of various things. And he's just like, I've thoroughly uh, aliased these, so you shouldn't have a problem uh, with, you know, people snooping on what you're doing. Hey, thanks, man. Like, um, just one question. Like, why is this all sticky? Like, it's just... It's all sticky. Listen, I, I'm not the government. I don't ask questions. So when they, you know, when they bring in a laptop and sell it off to me, I I just take it and use what I can. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, how much for, for this really, like, dubiously sticky laptop there? Well, since it's kind of uh, a little disgusting, I can let it go for uh, 20% off. So, 300 Yeah, okay. I can, yeah, I can, I can wing that. So Saul will just hand over, or well, he'll swipe his agent, pay pay the good man, the good sweaty sweaty man, three hundred euro bucks. I thank you for your custom. This laptop will uh, service you well. Thanks, man. I I really hope so. And uh, you got a, you got a bag for this? I could yes. And he goes back to the to the front. And comes back with like a Chinese takeout bag. Saul will quickly put it in that bag and like give him a wave and walk out of there. And as soon as he does, he just like sets the bag down and starts wiping his hands on whatever like brick surface he can find, just trying to get that like grossness off. Yeah, there's no brick, but there is definitely plenty of concrete. Oh yeah, he does it. Yeah, he just grabs his shit and heads on back to home base. And I'm assuming it's all it's just about like daytime. Um. While the rest, yeah. well, I guess while the rest of the party kind of goes over and does their own stuff slash like gets ready for the heist, um, he's going to use his time to try to do some research and find out where Salton is. Okay.
Okay, so Abel has had this wild idea uh, to book a musical act to serve it as, as a distraction um, when you guys try to uh, get into this VIP high-stakes card game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you have decided, are you going to try to, like, sneak into to the kitchens or, like, pick up, like, a, a temp job and just, you know, be there and... Um, t- take take the laser drill to the wall when you uh, when you see an opportunity. Yeah, I think Abel. After seeing the after seeing the plans that we got from Sahara of the the building layout, I think the best bet is going to be hiring a cover band and then potentially either getting on with the bar staff or uh, cleaning staff. So that I can have a little bit more mobility, probably bar staff though, um, so that I can have my hands full and kind of uh, obscure anything I'm doing that way. And okay. then yeah, getting in from the side. So um, naturally, when you were like, we need to book a band, um, you thought of Striker because he is the only friend that you know that is a part of the music industry and also kind of knows wink wink what you're up to on the DL um so there's no need to like pretend or or act like this isn't what it is you can ask for a very specific thing and be like hey i need um you know i need a band that can that can play and also shoot good if they need to uh, and Stryker won't ask any questions. He'll just find you one. So uh, you have reached out to him. Um, did you want to, like, say what you sent to him? Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to text him and, and say, uh, looking to hire a cover band, let me know if you know any good uh, uh, standout shows. And he, did, do you put cover in quotation marks? Uh, yeah, yeah. Either that or I would put some suggestive emojis. Okay, yeah. He, so yeah, he'll pick up the, he'll pick up on the, um, the hints. And, um, so he gives you a list of about five bands, um, that are kind of all different. And Stryker's just like, okay, so first, uh, is Deluxe Man. I played with this group like three years ago at a weird bar show. They're like a three-piece experimental synth group. Um, they're best known for like 20-minute songs, and uh, they are all constantly shit-faced. Yeah, that's probably not going to work out for my situation. Okay. Kinda, I'm kind of looking for sobriety here. All right, well, then the next group is uh, is a lot, lot more sober. Uh, we have Best Pressed. They're a three-piece. Uh, they also perform in three-piece suits. They play prog synthcore. Um, I don't know if you know what that is. I didn't know what that was. I kind of still don't, even after I watched their whole set. But Do you uh, think rich people will like it? I think the rich people like how cleaned up they look. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I've I've also heard that they moonlight as corporate assassins. So, oh, that's definitely fair. Okay, shortlist those guys. Got it. All right. 
So uh, next is Rita Quartz. Um, there's nothing bad I could say about Rita Quartz. I've had uh, fun working with her in the past. She's a pop singer. Uh, she comes with her own band. And uh, she dresses like an 80s diva. And she sings primarily about robot and human romances. Like robot sex and all that jazz. Hmm. Um, Is she distracting? Kinda, uh, yeah, yeah, very. She's She's got a big, grandiose sort of act. Um, she's also a kickboxer in her spare time. All right. Good for her. Fitness is uh, important. Yeah. Definitely. Rita Quartz. All right. Rita Quartz. And then we got the three-piece suits. All right. Who's next on the list? Uh, the next one um, is Mary Squatchy. Uh-huh. So they're a Vaporwave Mariachi mashup. Um, <laughs> and um, What? The main reason why they're called what they are called is because they perform dressed up as Sasquatches. And no, Saul would not be able to focus the entire night. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, can you just text me their number? I might need to, might need to borrow them for another uh, gig. Yeah, sure. Cool. And he gives you their contact info. Sweet. And uh, what was the name of that, those guys again? Mary Squatchy. Oh, hey, just, you know, just for shits and gigs, is there any way to track somebody's phone? That, yeah. Like, it's, it's pretty easy to, like, track someone's phone. Okay, cool. Um, dope. All right, la- you got one more, right? Yes, I do, I do. Um, I play with this, this group all the time. I've actually, like, done, uh, we've done some, like, um, collaborative work too so i I know these guys pretty good um the group is called i was a genetic ostrich farmer and uh they're r&b country um yeah they they play electric banjo the the lead singer is real good he he sounds like uh like a young aaron neville got no no clue who that is uh he was an old r&b singer from like like way way back like the 20s earlier like uh like the 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 1900s oh shit did i didn't, all right yeah they they also like to dabble in explosives i've seen some of their um some of their explosives tutorials on 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 the tube so i i really like the three piece suit folks and rita for what i'm kind of going for i'd like Got to it. get out there clean as much as we can so I don't really want an explosive set, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Looking for somebody that will uh, wow the crowd more than anything and, uh, you know, keep the focus. Well, uh, you know, I'll say this. I was a genetic ostrich farmer is is very, um, is very uh, crowd distracting. Is that because the crowd's losing limbs or because they like what they see? Well, no one's lost a limb yet, but there has been, like, uh, I mean, most of the time, if they get to, like, their grand finale and, uh, like, the the audience is still, like, standing up in the the pit, uh, that's when, like, shit goes down. (laughs) People start running for the hills. Yeah, uh, you know this is going to be, like, an indoor venue, right? Got it, yeah. No, they, they they mostly play outdoor shows. 
Yeah, so maybe, okay. All right, maybe Rita, then, I'm thinking. Does her okay. band uh, pack good instruments? Um, I don't honestly know. that She changes up her her musicians every like six months she's she's nice when you're like just talking to her but when it comes to her music um she can kind of be a diva so it's something some she just doesn't like gel with people very well on that's why i've never performed with her yeah all right and then the three three piece guys oh you said uh they have a corporate gig every now and then right yeah a corporate murder gig yeah yeah, I was trying to avoid the um, calling a spade a spade, but that's, yeah, corporate murder gig. Um, yeah, let's go with those guys. All right. Yeah, I can, uh, if you want, I can hit them up for you because, you know, I, I I know the ins and outs. I know what they'll go for. Yeah, uh, and le- just let me know if, um, yeah, how about you just give me their going rate? For, because I'm really hoping that they just you know perform is what I'm going for, but if uh, they need to have a encore, then uh, I'll need them to uh, to to do a little backup. Yeah, I'll tell them to come back and. Yeah, yeah, man, you you know, okay, all right. No, we've uh. We've had some underground shows go south, so they know the drill. Oh, 100%. All right, cool. Yeah, if uh, they need some additional compensation, let me know. But if they can try to get a job, uh, the, the gig, and I'm going to tell him uh, exactly where it's at and the venue. You got the VIP lounge? Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't necessarily got it, but we're going to get it. Okay, well, uh, that's a big, um, that's a big piece of the puzzle that you might be missing here, so. Yeah, 100%. Uh, any, any, uh, any assistance you can <laughs> lean onto that one? I mean, I-, I can try to get it myself, but basically oh. what I think Best Press, like, I, this is what I can offer for Best Press is I can backdate some really good reviews for them. And uh, give them some dope ass write ups, and I can put a little cash up front. But I might need their help securing the job in the first place. Plus, they'll get paid by the VIP lounge. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, the, they're gonna negotiate their own rate with them. Um, I bet you the publicity's a good angle because this group actually like, I mean, they're well known for their murder skills. Um, but they're trying to just, you know, be well known for their musical ability as well. So yeah, right. Any uh, kind of assistance that you can get them that way. Uh, yeah. So if you can reach out to them, let them know I'm interested in in hiring them. And if they're a go and want to want to try to get the job at the VIP lounge, I'll backdate some good reviews for them so they can use that to secure their position. And then uh, we're in business. All right. I'll give uh, I'll give Amos a call. That's their front man. Dope, awesome striker. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, no, no problem. Uh, yeah, I gotta find a, a exact date for you. So 
I'll, I'll be back in touch. Yeah. Hey, weird question. Did you hear about that shit that went down at the police station? Yeah, I did. Uh, did you hear it from B or what? No, I mean, I saw it on the news. Um, but, yeah, I kind of, I mean, it obviously made me think about Jason, like, immediately. Yeah, cause... I actually got a call from Zemlin about it. Uh, but I had heard heard about it through some of my contacts on the street. And uh seems... Seems pretty suspicious that somebody was able to just walk out there scot free. Yeah, that kind of screams inside help to me. Yeah, did you? I mean, Zemlin said he was at home when all that went down, so I don't know if uh, he can really point in any directions. Well, Abel, I'm. You know, Jason's our friend, and I, I, I respect him. I generally take him at his word, but. You, you have a you have a habit of like just believing people when they tell you things. Why was he actually at the station? Well, I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying that like, you know, maybe he, maybe he called you to to tell you that he wasn't there, just so that you wouldn't think he was. I don't know, why would Zemlin even give a shit about what I'm thinking or doing? He doesn't know anything about me. That's true. I mean, did you ask him about it first, though? I think I might have texted him. But, Stryker, you know how I am about Zemlin. Like, I'm trying not to see... I'm trying not to see gremlins when there's no gremlins, you know? But you not you try not to see gremlins when there's only zemlins. I, I get you. Right. It's just zemlins, no gremlins. But I mean, it's not like I'm not paying attention. Yeah. Like, there's just I got a lot. I got a lot on my plate right now. I got this this gig, and I got these other things, and uh, yeah, I I met up with uh, with the, with your friend, by the way. She's she's oh, pretty did nice. You? Yeah. What? Well, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I told I told you about that. Um, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I don't know. I might try to try to see her again sometime soon. But uh, you know, she she needs my help with other things. So it's just there's a lot going on, and I I'm trying not to think and get stuck in the usual trap of seeing Zemlin as the biggest fucking shithead in my life. I've got a lot yeah. of shitheads currently no you're no you're right i i don't know just seemed weird to me thought i thought i'd gauge your your response no i know you felt about it for sure like if you man i mean it's a little different hearing it coming from you instead of just like my own inner monologue uh if you hear anything you'll let me know right definitely yeah and, and you know right back at you but you know, if you, if you think Zemlin's into anything weird, maybe just keep an eye on B. Oh yeah. And um, you don't have to tell me. Have you seen him recently? Is he still hobbling around? Uh you know i I've been I've been busy with my own stuff, um, recently, but uh, maybe I should for- pay him a visit. Yeah. 
All right. Well, yeah. Just you know, re- reach out to your your guys and um, thanks for thanks for sharing your concerns. All right. I'll talk to Amos about the VIP lounge for you. Yeah. Sounds sounds good. All right. Bye, Striker. Peace out. So, I think Soifangji, um, you have already dealt with the, um, or you and uh, Amir went to this um, this VR castle called Camelot, yes. and um, found the found like the the pod that this hacker either used or bounced their signal off of um, and were able to piece together the rest of their signal or their, their like um, code um, to, to be able to locate them. And it has brought you to a abandoned robot robotics factory in the shipping district. Um, so my, my two questions for you, uh, which will help kind of dictate the scene is did you bring Amir with you? Yes. Okay. And is it daytime or nighttime? Uh nighttime. Okay. Sounds good. Alright, um so you and Amir roll up to this to this abandoned robotics factory. Douglas like pulls a pair of uh a pair of like bolt cutters from the trunk of his car and cuts the chain that is closing this um this gate to this factory and and drives you guys up to it and then the two of you Amir and Suifangji enter the main floor of this of this um factory is the factory floor the much of this machinery was used to build artillery and robots um for corporate wars but has since been abandoned much of the machines that were on this floor have been purchased and sold off uh but a few things still remain the this wide open area is um very very dark the only light coming um, in is from a uh, medium-sized hole in the roof where the moon is shining in and um, some blinking lights from the machinery. And then, of course, the, the door light that is coming from the, from the outside. So the machines that are still in this factory, there is a conveyor belt. Um, that snakes its way around the factory floor. There is a forklift that uh, has been abandoned with a pallet sitting on it. There's a large forge bucket, uh, the ones designed to pour liquid metal into molds uh, that they would use to shape 
metal for for various parts. Uh, it hangs cold and dead from the ceiling. There are several assembly arms along the length of the conveyor. These are the would be the things that screw things in and um, um, and put the pieces together. There is a large hydraulic press in one corner, and the circuitry station sits with a few old circuit boards still mid-assembly. It's also worth noting that as you examine the room, you can see five incomplete robots. There are three androids um, very in various states of disrepair. Uh, these are the kind of androids that resemble humans except for the cold metal shell on their outside there is one computerized medical scandroid and one semi-complete dragoon and at the far end is a staircase down so it's looking kind of empty um i kind of want to check and see if any other robots or androids are working okay um yeah. Amir's kind of just like, uh, if you insist, I mean, I'm going into this creepy abandoned robot factory. I just don't wanna... um, And he pulls his gun out and has it just ready. Um, so give me a basic tech. Okay. Oh, 10. Ooh, get it. Okay, so second time rolled a five. So that's 15, and then you add your bonuses. I also have a 10 in basic tech and cyber tech. So 25. What you can tell from these from these robots... So first, you inspect the medical droid, because it's the closest to the entryway. Um, as you approach the droid, a syringe shoots out of a uh open can or like an open little um uh hole in the in the droid um but because you're inspecting it you are are able to dodge out of the way as it uh careens off into the darkness um the next droids that you inspect are the androids you approach one of them and it seems to be inactive, but as you move to inspect the second one, the eyes and head of this android follow you. Ooh, ooh, can Amir just shoot it? Shoot the android, Amir. Uh, he's like, hell yeah. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he blasts its head off. Cool. All right. Don't want, don't want any loose ends following us around in this abandoned warehouse. Finally, you approach the um, the dragoon, which is kind of it towers over you, and um, one of its legs is completely just in pieces, and it's and it's somehow still standing up. And um, as you get closer, you see like a very very um, faint light uh, near the floor. Okay, um, I'm gonna go check out that light. What is your reflex score? Alright, my reflex is nine. Okay, so carefully, 
leaning down, you notice that this there is a laser beam um, coming from the base of this dragoon, uh, and it and it extends out to uh, an adjacent wall. Hey, Amir, do you want to go check out that wall over there? He he goes over to the wall, and um, he's like, "Looks like a wall to me." So the point that the there's a laser beam like focusing on the wall, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, what happens if he like presses the point where the laser beam is pointing, or like checks out that hole? He touches the wall where the laser beam is, and as soon as his hand passes in. Um, to the beam the dragoon um, begins to topple towards you oh! can you please can you please make a, a, a reflex roll no oh my god it's gonna kill us okay uh, roll 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 I rolled a 6 reflex 9 15 okay you get about well you get most of the way away f- or, or out of the um vicinity of where this this uh dragoon falls and it just pinches um your foot how much hp damage is that it's gonna be three okay and uh amir runs over to you he's just like jesus that looked like it hurt uh do you need help or are you good uh uh, slightly slightly inconvenienced but i think i'm good for the moment. Um, Alright, let's just try not to topple any more dragoons. Um, at least it's not alive, and it just fell over, so... Um, yeah, it looks like this place might be booby-trapped. Yeah, okay, let's just make our way downstairs and try not to disturb anything too much. Okay. So, you both head down the, the staircase... Uh, the second level, well, the basement level, it looks like it's mostly used for storage. Um, there's a large uh, storeroom area with uh, tall ceilings, and it's filled with shelving units. On these dusty shelves are thousands of spare mechanical parts, boxed chemicals, and sanitation equipment. The floor of the storage area is flooded up to your knees, and um, uh you can, as you kind of wade in, rats swim around you in the in the bilge. Um, at the far end of the room, you see a loose wire sparking and dangling precariously over the water. Um, the directly be- directly behind this wire is a hallway with a staircase that goes up a few feet, um, and then uh, it looks like it might go down. Um, also. It looks it um, to the right. There looks to be like a break room of some sort. Uh, you can kind of see like a vending machine light uh, flicker from where you're standing. Okay. Um, examining the electrocution wire. Um, does it look like it's in danger of falling into the water? Um, that is. It's a. It's across the room. So you'd have to cross first. Okay. Um, all right. Waiting in rats. Waiting in rats in a, in a mad scientist lab. 
Alright, can I play it safe and just climb up on the shelving and navigate <laughs> from climbing on shelving? Um, you... You can. Yes, you do that. Um, give me a perception roll. It's an intelligence-based skill if that helps you find it. Cool. Okay, thanks. Okay, um, 14. 14? Yeah. I rolled, a, I rolled a five, and my intelligence is nine. With a 14, you hear in the at the far end of the room a splash. Uh, uh, what's that? Okay. Um, can I shine a light over there? Do I have a light? Do you have a light? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you have an agent. Yeah, it's nighttime. So I shine my agent flashlight over towards the splash uh, to see what it is. Uh, you catch the very, very f- um, faintest shape. Um, it looks like maybe a human arm um, as it darts back into the shadows. Ooh, okay. So it was definitely like kind of human shaped, huh? From what you get, from what you could see, like half a second. That's what. You, that's the idea you have in your head. Yeah. Amir's like that's either a person or a very big rat. Amir, let's pursue. Let's pursue. Let's chase whoever that is. Okay, I'm down for whatever. All right. Uh, I really hate being here. Me. Um, Me too. And so you move toward towards the direction of the sound. Are you still on the shelves? Uh, yes, but I feel like I'm nimble enough to like I can navigate kind of quickly. All right. Well, still give me a dexterity uh, roll. Just okay. So that I can tell how nimbly. An eight. Okay, so 17? Yeah, that's pretty nimbly. So it only takes you a little bit to, like, 10, 15 seconds to clear this room. Um, But as you get to, like, the last shelf, which is uh, maybe, like, 10 meters away from um, the staircase, the far end, you see the figure standing next to the uh, sparking wire. (sighs) Amir, get out of the water now! The figure drops the uh, electric, um, or the electrified uh, cable into the water, and let's see if Amir makes it. No, I hope Amir makes it. Okay. At the last second, he manages to... um, to to grip onto the shelf, huh. um, it's a me- it, you guys are on metal shelves, but the electricity doesn't seem to uh, run up it, so it's probably a poor conductor. Um, the figure kind of it looks disappointed, and then it runs up the stairs and out of your vision. Okay, doesn't mean can Amir shoot shoot at him as he's running? He's well, he's on a shelf. He's trying desperately not to be in the water. Oh, okay. Well. Okay, well, I'm I'm gonna run after him, or continue to pursue. All right, you're gonna have to make a a pretty substantial leap, um, to get to the staircase. Um. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna try to rock the shelf, and if I can, like pull the wire out of the water. The um, if I have time. Okay. Uh, that is going to be, um something strength-based, which is... Yeah, just give me a straight body roll. Or athletics. Okay, so 
That is six plus nine, fifteen. So fifteen. Uh, yeah, you rock this. You rock this shelf. Um, it crashes against the wall, um, and then with your um, your climbing ability, your shark skin, um, you just shimmy against the wall and drop down at the staircase. The cable is just sitting uh, in front of you. So I just give that a nice yank and stick it to the side or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. You can just throw it over the shelf. Okay. Toss over shelf and all right, hopefully that gives Amir like safety to move. Yeah, he tests the he tests the water with um, one of his metal fingers first, and once he's sure that it's not electrified anymore, he drops down into the water and wades over to uh, where you are standing at the far bank. I guess after that we continue to pursue. Hey everyone, it's Gavin. You know what this is. We had a fun time last month with the Halloween Hayes House Spooktacular, didn't we? We will now be returning to our regular release schedule of every other Tuesday, and I finally got all the Saul bites cleaned out of my hard drive. If you love our show and haven't taken the time yet to send us some love, it's never too late. You can follow us on Twitter at Roll Warriors and share us with your friends and family. We have a Patreon for those of you who are able to toss a few dollars a month. Just go to www.patreon.com backslash roll underscore warriors and select the $5 donation level. You will gain access to our current bonus episode and any new bonus episodes. I'm about to start work on bonus episode number two. Now is a good time to become a Patreon because you could double your investment. You also get the knowledge that you are helping us produce more and better content. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, Daniel Sittler, Billy Young, and James Beatty. For those who want to learn more about the characters and the people behind the characters, we have a website at www.rollwarriorsadventures.weebly.com where you can see our Twitter feed and read our bios. Well, that's about it. I'll let you guys get back to the episode now. So, yeah, you now have a um, 100% aliased burner laptop uh, that you can use for all sorts of dubiousness. Um, and... Uh, it just ha- like it, it has a, a web browser on it that is a a proxy so it, you can get some deep web access listen it's the way that it is in my fictional world okay <laughs> technology has evolved the way i say it has that's fine um anyway so yes where would you like to begin i used to have like some contacts back at the, the old MUFON website and the MUFON posting boards. So like maybe I'll see if they have like a MUFON branch in um in Pilates. Yeah, give me a um give me your first modified tech tracking roll. Alright. With um a plus two. Okay. So that would be a sixteen. So um it's not directly a MUFON uh forum. But it is uh, like darkconspiracy.net 
um and the on like the top uh like banner says the truth is out there and you're like i've i've found what i'm looking for <laughs> and saul will sign on using his classic alias of uh true believer one zero zero one zero zero one zero zero one and he'll just like go onto the posting board and be like I I'm new to Pilates and I've heard that skeleton has ties in with uh the the deep conspiracy deep corporations in uh Pilates. Is that true? You get a response back almost immediately that says, "Ah, look at this newbie, doesn't know anything." And then the next response is, "Oh, be nice." And then the third response is, "You can suck my nuts." Um and then like after, you know, some some good-natured ribbing on both sides. Um, a third person chimes in and says, "You're not gonna look. You're not gonna want to look at any corporate media." So, like in any other time, in any other uh, scenario, they are trying to hide the truth? Question mark. Um, the response. The response is, "Yeah, heard about a independent journalist." Name of Reince Falchik. He went missing after talking about Skeleton. Reince Falchik. Sounds like a true hero. Anybody know where last whereabouts of Reince was? Um, so there's like a lot of back and forth on this. The kind of um, most of these theorists uh, agree that Militech agents picked Falchik up at his home in the middle of the night. Uh, and that somehow, somewhere he's alive in a corporate detention facility. Um, there's also a few people theorizing that uh, Falchik himself is a crewman of Skeleton. Where was his last whereabouts in his home? Was he in... Uh, where Where exactly in Pilates is it, was it located? A lot of, like, addresses are thrown out. Um... Not a lot of them seem legit. Then someone finally chimes in and says, you'll get nowhere that way. You want to find the article? Yes, please, good good leader. And so he sends you to a different um, conspiracy chat forum. This one is more aimed at, like, um, corporate conspiracies. So, um, yeah, you'll have to create a new account <laughs> on this one believe truer zero zero one one zero one one zero i think i think that's what it was reversed but it doesn't matter so what are you gonna what are you gonna ask in here hmm. recently heard news of skeleton moving product and being super dangerous with nuclear devices is this true there's a lot of speculative um, responses to this. P- some people saying, I heard that too. Some people saying, um, you know, that's just, that's just corporate propaganda. Uh, one person says, if you want to learn the truth about, about Skeleton, you need to read this. And they post an article penned by Reince Falchik. Nice. What happened to Reince? Where is this true believer? And uh, 
that this person says nobody knows anymore the the pigs got him right after he penned this article that's how you know it's legit all right so i guess saul will read through the article what like what does it surmise about skeleton and the other corporates so this this article is a sort of extensive um record account of skeletons like activities of their origins and kind of what they stand for so i'm just going to kind of read a synopsis the article excel itself discusses the origins of skeleton as a pirate fleet that raided in the south pacific and eventually settled on unclaimed militech owned antarctica before pilatus was constructed Evidence of Skeleton's construction still exists in Bone Row, appropriately named for the previous owners. The shift from raiding to settling came to Skeleton when the first mate at the time mutinied against the fleet captain. This idealist seeked to build a colony on unclaimed land to be free from the reach of the megacorporations. For 20 years, Skeleton existed in what is now modern-day Bone Row without incident. However, After Militech and a conglomerate of other companies wronged by Skeleton in the past learned of this free colony built on company-owned land, Militech made to move its base of operations to Antarctica. A short war erupted between the pirate settlers and corporate forces, which resulted in the seizing of the territory by Militech and the formation of Pilatus. Pushed underground, Skeleton has maintained a secret resistance against their corporate oppressors. The most recent captain, Marius Booker, grew up living in caves and shanty towns built from the scrap of the fleet ships. He rose to prominence within the organization for his aggressive views against corporate life and the post-war hyper-capitalist oligarchy. Some members of Skeleton disagree with the methods of their captain, but still risk life and freedom under his leadership to reclaim their independence. Militech and the other companies that make up the majority stockholders of Pilatus affirm that Skeleton is a radical terrorist organization, and while the actions of Booker can be seen as harsh and unapologetic, with civilians often caught in the crossfire and Skeleton torture victims marred beyond recognition, the majority of the crew can be likened more to revolutionaries, unable to enact change within the system and forced to brute force change from the outside. Um, This article also mentions that Uh, All of this account is from a primary source of a skeleton member that wishes to remain nameless. All right, so that's where the rumors of uh, Felchek being the actual skeleton member come from. Um, Shoot. Well, a lot of good info, but not any info for where their their home base is at the moment, I guess. Um, I, I guess... Saul will type up. Does anyone have schematics of the uh, underground tunnels and or areas of Bone Row looking to talk to Skeleton? The pro- the majority of responses um, is that, like, you don't find Skeleton. Skeleton finds you. And people who are saying, like, you know, what are you, a, a cop? Like, are... <laughs> You know what are you doing here trying to trying to find them um and then there's one person who speaks up uh and says that they are a, a friend of Falchik, um and that they have he gave them the contact info for this crew member uh that reigns uh 
like he kept the info in case he needed more testimony um, from the individual later. Not a cop looking to pick up where Reince left off journalistic wise. Would love contact info, please. Thank you. And all, you know, pretty much the entire time that that Saul has been typing, it's all like shortened and lots of like RAR XD sort of speak, but not to that extent, not to the uwu extent, but like just shortened words and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you're still going to have to make a persuasion roll. So that would be an 11. 11. Mm-hmm. You said 11? Yeah, 11 altogether. Hmm. I know, he's not very cool. Other people are chiming in and says, don't believe, he's a fake cop Not a cop. Again, just trying to pick up where Reince left off, looking to see what is going on in this city. Just moved here. Yeah, okay, give me another persuasion roll, this time uh, with, with a negative two penalty. Gotcha. That's even worse. It's an eight, so Okay. You can you can tell from kind of like the responses that you're you're not gonna convince any anybody here um of your genuine nature. So you're gonna have to look elsewhere. You have arrived at Dr. White's um, workshop for your drone install procedure. Dr. White has prepared an operating chair for you to sit in that resembles a piece of elaborate workout equipment. There is a place to sit that faces an angled metal bar for your chest to rest against. A clamp above that suggests a way to secure your neck. Dr. White motions for you to be seated. Uh, unfortunately, this procedure must be performed on a conscious mind in order to ensure that no harm comes to your motor functioning. I will be speaking with you during the procedure and asking you to perform simple tasks to gauge your response. By the end of the procedure, I will go over the various commands for your link drone and give you some time to practice with it while I monitor your, monitor your brain activity. This should be relatively safe, but I want to rule out any possible complications before sending you on your way. Do you have any questions for me before we get started? Uh, yeah, the dentist was not this bad last time I went, so... All right. Um... Shit. I have to be awake for this. Yes. Unfortunately. Any, like... Uh, any morphine? Any sort of... I don't know. Do I... Do I have to feel it? Like, I know I have to be awake for it, but do I have to feel it? It will hurt a moderate amount, uh, but as long as nothing goes numb, you'll be fine. Uh, Numbness in any of your extremities could be the result of nerve damage and must be addressed immediately. And what's the the percentage of likelihood of nerve damage? Well, I've performed this procedure 12 times, and I've only had one complication that resulted in a non-functioning middle finger. Ironically, that's the one uh, extremity the patient wanted to demonstrate for me for the rest of the day. Cheeky. All right. Uh, You know, 
Ah, oh, fuck it. All right. Yeah, let's go. I'm going to sit down and or attempt to sit down in the chair. I don't even know if I know how to sit on, on this chair. But, yeah, I guess let's go. Uh, yeah, so you sit sit with your chest facing this, this metal bar, and um, Dr. White clamps the clamp around your around your neck and also uh, adjusts the wrist and ankle straps. Uh, okay, this is... All right. This is a little kinky, Dr. White. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah, well, if you want to uh, think about it that way, I'm thinking about it as a a standard procedure, but... Um, I definitely don't want to think about it this way, but we... It's... Huh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kumquats. Tomatoes and grapefruit. All right. I also want to um, sort of let you know, as I'm getting my tools ready, um, that a lot of people ask if the Link drone is hackable, um, but it's it's not. It shouldn't be hackable. You just don't want to get it captured um, because you kind of share its pain. I w- what? What? Just, just kidding. Uh, but they are expensive to replace. Okay. The first Link drone is free. But once you have the implant, you'll keep coming back for more. Eh, yeah, I'm pretty careful with my stuff. Uh, can it get wet? Uh, yes. What's the temperature range on this bad boy? Well, I wouldn't get it uh, below freezing for very long. And um, don't fly it into the sun. Can it swim? Well, it's a bird. Penguins can it swim. It is a bird, right? Yeah, it's bird-like, I think. Yeah, I'm going for like a pigeon or like a sparrow. Probably a sparrow. They're a little smaller than pigeons, right? I haven't seen a pigeon before. Yes, uh, these are all extinct animals, but we can examine them in history books. Yeah, I think like a small, tiny little bird. Little, little cute little bird that doesn't feel my pain and or transfer its pain to me. Um, so he starts, while you guys are chatting, uh, he starts to shave your head around the surgery area. Um, so it's just above and behind your right ear. Do you mind just go ahead and hitting the left side while you're at it? Sure, I can even you out. Dope. Um, we do, I do offer you a, uh, stylish headband to hide your scarring. Um, as well as pain medication to help you, uh, with your recovery. Uh, they come in purple or green, and weirdly, the same goes for the headbands. Okay, I'll m- make that decision later. This is too much thinking for me at once. Understood. Yeah. Um, so he starts to uh, scalpel a a semicircle cut into your head. Oh, cool. Um, it's, it's not really uh, hurting too bad yet. Um, it will start hurting uh, when you hear the saw power up um as he c- starts to cut through your skull with a circular saw motherfucker um, and can i have you make a body roll Mm-hmm. was not expecting the whole drill thing body 17 you maintain consciousness fuck i fuck fuck this is not when i wanted to do that but okay i mean okay so the next thing you feel um is he well he says I'm I'm going to begin attaching the controlled nodes. Uh, oh. You should feel about three small shocks, uh, 
from the wires being implanted. Uh-huh. Um, this is normal. And so he, he affixes the first one, and um, you, you do feel that, that small shock, and you take uh, two points of damage. Nothing about this is normal. Um, okay, so this this is the interactive portion of uh-huh. our of our procedure. Uh, I need you to make a fist for me. Uh, okay, like this. Yes, that's that's suitable. Okay, uh, point or node two going in. You feel that same shock. Um, this is this one's a little lower, and you take two more points of damage. Uh, as, she- as he says. Okay, I need you to stick out your tongue now. See, usually I get asked out to dinner first, but... Uh. Okay. Um, he says, very good, you're still speaking. That's that's what we want to hear. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Third node going in. Small shock. Two points of damage. That's, that's smart. Mm. I, I need you to uh, squeeze your legs together. And this time, um, can you make a reflex roll? Okay. Eleven. You are able to perform the task that he asks of you. Whew, okay. All right. I can't... It was just... Did I do it? It looks like your legs are closer than they were before, yes. Okay, cool, because... Fuck, I got a headache. Okay. Yes, it it will... uh, You'll have a chronic headache for a couple days. Um... So I'm going to inject the needle now, and what? What uh, needle? You didn't say any. What needle? Um, he, he injects the needle. He says it's just faster if you don't uh, if you don't see it coming. Um, and so this, you f- you feel better after the needle has been injected, and uh, you recover um, your lost hit points. <sighs> okay. All right. Needles. I like needles. Needles are great. Yes, this will this will help with uh, recovery. Uh, the next step I have to do here is um, you're gonna feel a little bit of uh, drilling, and some and and hear some uh, some some drilling sounds. That is uh, me installing the metallic plate that will cover the hole in your skull. And so he begins drilling, and he's like, "Boy, you're a bleeder, huh?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, most women do. So yeah. Um, and f- he says, finally, I'm sealing the cut. Um, and you kind of just like out of the corner of your eye, see a flash of a laser, um, as he laser sutures the cut closed. And he says, you'll have a small burn mark. Um, it'll scab over and then you'll, you'll be fine. Just don't, you know, scratch at it. Cool. You're not going to put my head in a cone or anything? No, I trust that you are capable of restraint. Um, anyway, let me, uh, let me un- unstrap you here and get you out of this chair. Um, and so he removes your restraints and he helps you over to his desk, uh, which is sit- uh, sitting a few meters away where your bird drone is, is waiting. The first command you should learn is how to turn your drone on and off. To do this, simply think, in- think its name in your head and imagine flipping a light switch. For the first boot up, you will uh, refer to it by its factory name, P3017. P3017 boot up? 
you say in your head. Um, the drone springs to life, hopping a few steps on the table and bobbing its head back and forth. Um, you simultaneously see a small display flash on in the top right corner of your field of vision, and it reads P3017 status active. Holy shit, whoa. Okay. Hey, look at you. You got a little pea brain in my brain. All right. Uh, very good. Your mind is sharp and open to the possibilities. Next, I want you to change its name. Uh, what name are you wanting for your Link Drone? His name is Pea Brain. Pea Brain. Very good. Okay. So you focus on the display uh, that you see in your in your in your eye there, and think about renaming it Pea Brain. Okay. I th- yeah. So the display backspaces P3017 and enters in P Brain. The drone chirps its approval. From now on, any command you issue to your drone must be superseded by the name P Brain, or it won't respond. It will feel strange at first, like having a conversation with yourself. But as you begin to master its operation, things should begin to feel natural, like uh, moving your arms or breathing. Now let's try something a little more complex. The floor that you are on now, Suifangji, um, contains the plumbing pipes and power lines um, that power the building and the equipment. The lighting in this labyrinth of corridors is poor, and you can hear the running of feet ahead of you. Running, 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 running. Uh, how close am I? Am I close enough to tackle? Okay, um, give me tracking roll. That's intelligence-based, in case you don't have the skill. All right, I rolled a 10. Do I get the roll twice? Yes, that's a critical success. Cool. I rolled a seven, ten, seven, and then my intelligence is nine, so seven plus nine equals sixteen plus ten is twenty-six. You are able to maneuver through the this um, sort of labyrinth of of, of piped hallways, uh, steam kind of kicking out at you every few feet. Um, you're actively sweating by the time you reach the end of this corridor. Amir is uh, just behind you. Um, he still has his gun drawn, and he's just like, oh, wow. I don't know how you got through that so fast, but uh, wow. Look at this place. A So at the end of the long tunnel of pipes, there's a large open room with a tall ceiling. To the left in a corner is a living area with dirty mattresses and sheets laying on the floor a mini-fridge, and a small wire trash bin overflowing with wrappers and other trash. In the center of this room is a large apparatus of wires and electronics that descend from the ceiling and affix to the floor at a barber-style chair. Hundreds of glowing screens around this stalactite of technology illuminate a figure seated in the chair. An ancient-looking man that appears to be a permanent fixture to the room looks in your direction with two milky-white eyes cables hardwired into his skull. Just behind him, partially obscured by the chair, is a young woman around 16 with a fire-red pixie uh, hairstyle and a goth-punk fashion sense. 
you take it that she is the person that you have been pursuing. So I think I've finally found you, huh, Smoke? The man speaks up to you, or speaks up, and he says, <laughs> It looks like you have. Oh, so you're Smoke? I have gone by that name in the past, yes. Wow. Um, okay, so now I should be more, like, stunned or, like, cautious about meeting you. But before we get started, I just want to say that your work is incredible. Like, I've never seen anything like it. And I'm starting to understand why. Like, how long have you been here? Have you ever left that spot? I've been here a long time, that's for sure. I appreciate that there are those out there who still understand how to make technology sing. I have been searching for a long time, and I'm glad that you have found me. Um, I'm glad to have found you too, but I'm not glad that your side chick tried to kill me. Um, so can you explain that at least? Uh, Candor is protective of me. We saw that you had entered the building and feared that you were here to arrest me. Well, she... She's my ward, and I uh, make sure that she's well taken care of, and uh, she's learned much from me in these past few years. I see. Okay, I guess I'll let it slide for now, but I have my eye on you, Ward. So, um, anyway, Smoke, I'm sure you can guess why I'm here. Yes. I've been waiting for you. You have something that belongs to me. And I want to know why you decided to break into Sahara and what exactly did you want? I grew up in uh, the last corporate war, orphaned in the war zone. Back then, it was hard to uh, find the time to even uh, work and tinker uh, as my as my desire was. I spent much of my life just surviving, but I was able to make my way here and build my grand apparatus. I miss I am missing one piece of the puzzle though. And I've long searched for information about the Hellfire. The Hellfire? What is that? Um, Amir is like, <clears throat> I, I actually, uh, I've heard of this. It's supposed to be like this legendary deck made by the Netrunner Dark Matter. Wait, that's real? And Smoke says, Yes. It is real, and it will change everything. To be married with that device, you'd be the greatest netrunner to 
live. And how... How and why... Oh, I have so many questions. Um, how close are you to obtaining this deck? And why? What do you need it for? I need it because I, I wanted to become the greatest netrunner this world has ever known for as long as I can remember. My, my abilities over technology are the only thing I can control. And I learned that Sahara might have information about the device. And do they? What did you find? A clue. And what did the clue reveal? We will get to that in a minute. But first, I must know, what are your intentions with me? Well... Considering that my original mission was to apprehend you, um, things just got very interesting. So... I will leave you undiscovered if you include me in your quest to find this Hellfire deck and allow me to join you in your quest to become the greatest netrunner there ever was. Uh, I don't have much fight left in me. I'm afraid it's taking too long. I'm ready to go. Well, do you have enough fight? Candor speaks up, uh, and she's like, Fuck, no, you're not, old man. You haven't spent ten years teaching me your ways just to give up the fight now. I won't let this lady take you. I'll fight her if I have to. One, Candor has a point. Two, um, the adults are talking. Um, so, as I was saying... Um, it's my original mission to apprehend you, but seeing as we can help each other, I think I can help you if you can help me. What will you tell your bosses? Uh, I'll tell them that you died and that I killed you. How will you explain the heck? Oh, that's easy, that you were just, that you were an android because there's tons of android corpses up there, that you're an android looking to extend your knowledge of net running facilities, and you were really just a puppet. That raises too many questions. You're not thinking about this logically. I suppose you do have a point. Hmm. Okay, what would you suggest? You seem to be someone who understands. I understand wanting to be the best. It has taken me this long to come close, but I will never reach my goal. I'm too far gone. Well, I want someone to take over the mantle. Someone who can use this information. Are you willingly turning yourself in right now and asking me to continue your research? I am, but I have a condition. I'm listening. Kendor has 
served me loyally for ten years. She was six when I found her, orphaned like me. She possesses a knack for technology and a hatred for corporate world. I want you to take her with you. She's talented. She knows security systems. She's wasted helping me survive. Okay. You have my word. Candor's like, this is bullshit. I won't go. I won't let you take him. Candor, I understand your admiration for your master, but unfortunately, it does look like his time has come to an end. As stated, I will help you continue your master's work. In return, we'll figure out the secret of the Hellfire deck, and your master can pass knowing that his life's work hasn't been in vain. All right, um, give me a roll, and this is going to be a toughie. Well, uh, persuasion. That's cool. I think you're fairly cool. Oh, yeah, I have a lot of cool. Okay, so 16. Um, she says, well, you were able to find us, so I guess you're not a total waste, and... I could have killed you earlier, but you didn't die, so that's cool. Um, are you sure about this, Eustace? And uh, Smoke says, <laughs> I'm sure. I thought about it for a long time, and I decided that if anyone came for me, I would take my punishment. And she's like, fuck well i wish she would have told me but um i guess i'm with you now i don't even know your name sorry fungi i'm calling you sufi is that okay uh no it's not okay um okay fine okay but all right yeah sufi (laughs) sweet Alright, so, before we begin, I'm going to need you to upload everything you know so far about this Hellfire deck into my agent, and update me on everything that you've figured out so far in the past ten years. And we'll go from there. He does. What do you do after he relays the information to you? Okay, I decide that I am for sure going to pursue this for him and think of a strategy on how to convince Sahara that smoke is no longer an issue. Well, you're going to turn him in, right? Yes. All right, well then, they'll be they'll be convinced. Okay. Um so now I guess I need to figure out something to do with Candor. She, she, I think you're leaving the building, um, and she's kind of following, uh, right next to you. Um, Amir is kind of like back a bit, uh, just smoking a cigarette, trying to calm himself down from this harrowing experience. And, uh, Candor's like, um, so what's the next step, boss? Like, um, 
you know, what are we going to do? We're going to hit up some corporate banks like, uh, you know, I'm really good with security. I can I can crash the system and get in, get out, you know, rob them blind, man. Fuck the system. Oh, there's plenty for us to do, Candor. Um, but first, we're going to find you a safe place to hide out for now. Um, and then we'll start. We'll get on with the busting. Um, I could actually use your help in a case that's coming up. How do you feel about heists? Hell yeah. That sounds like fucking right up my alley. Who's the target? Is it some some corporate bigwig? Some fat cat? I'm gonna fuck him. It's the Donati family. Alright, well, organized crime. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's still in the same vein. Alright, I'm, I'm jazzed for it. Let's do it. Alright, this will be the perfect way to put your skills to the test. Um... So, I guess, like, they're chatting about the details of whatever, and, yeah, and I still learn about the case. 